let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to the Opinions End of Year Extravaganza. The beer is in the glass and we're ready to go, aren't we, Martin? We are indeed. And it's uh, very pleasing that we're just doing beer this time, Steve, rather than the last <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun, though. I, I have to admit, that little experiment was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, maybe it won't be the last time we do something like that. No, feedback's been favourable so far. So so we'll, we'll see how that goes. And uh, that may become an annual thing. Who, who knows? You know what we're like for our um, annual traditions, mate. Yes, they keep building year on year, don't they? <laughs> yeah, and and this show being one of them, of course, because this is a show, I must admit, I really look forward to this show every year. I look forward to putting together the show notes and the stats that back it up. But I also like the time that we have in terms of looking back through the phone, looking back through pictures, looking back through events in the diary, looking back through Untapped. I, I love that kind of period of reflection that we have in building this show. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I spent uh, Saturday just gone looking through various things on uh, show notes, beers I've checked in, places I've been to, sort of build up my own picture of what 2021 looked like in beer. And um, generally by the end of it, I'm always feeling very positive, I have to admit. Even even in the worst of times, I still feel fairly positive about it. And um, But it's definitely something you, you, you can't do it without having a beer. So I ended up drinking while I was doing it as well, because I was thinking, I can't keep on reading all this stuff about these lovely beers I've had in the past and not be drinking beer. Well, it's, it's vital research, isn't it? I put, I put all of that down to research. Okay, yep, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Speaking of research, we have already got the first beer in the glass, as you said. Um, it's a beer which I believe you and I have both researched recently as well. Thoroughly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, kick it off, Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. I think we should just dive straight in. Let's let's do it. Um, cheers. Cheers to you and cheers to all our listeners as well. I suppose the first thing to say, it's a Sierra Nevada beer that is unbelievably fairly balanced and drinkable. Who who thought? It, yeah. Um, also fairly fresh as, as, as well in terms of this year's um, batch of these beers making it to these shores. And also, I believe, for the first time in cans as, as well this year. I'm pretty certain it's the first time in cans, and I think the reason why they're fairly fresh and fairly fresh to us as well is we did we did get them from the Cascade Club, which is the Sierra Nevada UK. I don't know if they're a Europe outlet or is it a UK outlet? I think predominantly UK, but they may also have a uh, have a European sort of branch as well. Yeah, although it probably makes sense to actually have that in Europe uh, rather than, rather than here <laughs> in the UK. So yeah, um, what's your initial thoughts about the beer? Because we were speaking about it offline before, off air before we came on, you had a few thoughts about, say, the aroma and stuff. It's yeah, it's whereas with some of the other Sierra Nevada beers, you instantly get kind of an aroma, and you you kind of instantly know that that's a Sierra Nevada beer. This one for me doesn't doesn't have a really punchy aroma. It's it's there, but it's a little bit more reserved 
it's maybe a little bit more earthy. There's there's some dankness coming through from it. And, and I wonder if that's purely down to the fact that this is a, a fresh hop IPA. So this is, this is, you know, using the freshest hops from this year's harvest. And it's the Sierra Nevada equivalent to what we would get from a green hop or a, a wet hop beer over here, isn't it? Yeah, and I think this was probably the inspiration for that poll we put out a couple of months ago about, you know, do, do we in the UK make as much of a, a fuss and a big deal about the green hop beers, etc.? Whereas it, I think we call it, it's more, we go green hop over here and they talk about fresh hop, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So, but question, and I, I'm looking on untapped at the moment, but do we know what hops are in this one? Does it not say on untapped? No. And the can doesn't give much away either. No. So I'm wondering, I mean, it, it, I would have thought if it was like, you know, their signature cascade, they would be actually, that'd be in neon lights. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, I was listening to uh, Points of Brew uh, interview with Russian River. And they were talking about when they go there every year for the harvest and they can also go to where the new experimental hops are growing as well. So I'm wondering if the reason why, and they, and they reference Sierra Nevada as well, and Ken, although they didn't reference the wonderful, you know, experiences that Ken has had in 2021, but the, uh, they, they referenced it about them picking certain hops. They can sponsor hops for a few years while they're still experimental. I'm wondering if they, the fact that they haven't mentioned the hops, I, and again, it's pure speculation. I wonder if that's because it's, not a hop which is out yet. I I would probably lean more towards your first thought that that it would predominantly be Cascade because that is that is Sierra Nevada's bag, isn't it? That's that, yeah. that, that's that's what they do. Um, I would imagine, or I would hope that one of our listeners is going to say, "Oh, it's this hop," and you know, or it's in this article, and it tells you you you, you where it is. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was a long-winded way of me saying, can someone please tell me what, what the hop yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even so, I mean, it's, it's still, it's, it's a very drinkable beer. It's, 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 really, it's really tasty. I mean, I, I get what you're saying on the aroma. Uh, and I think there is that slightly dank edge to it. But in a very understated way, it's there. But it do, it's not so much that it might start to put you off. Um, I think it is fruity. When you go for it, it's quite, I mean, it's quite dark in colour. I mean, it's fairly amber. Is that, would be that the right colour? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say if uh, listeners want, want a comparison, I'd say this is more the colour of Torpedo, more so than their their trademark flagship yeah. parallel. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, again, it comes in at 6.8%, 68 IBUs. And I'm almost not getting all of that bitterness, to be honest, because it's got quite a sweet finish as well. It's it's, it's quite a sweet finish, it's good, and it's very smooth as well, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's there's there's no harshness around that bitterness. It's all very smooth and it's well balanced all the way from the first taste to the the, the final sip. Yeah, and I know that you and I, you know, we've got a fairly decent bitter tolerance, unless it's neat Campari, obviously, <laughs> but. <laughs> This this beer doesn't necessarily scream bitterness in say the same way that you just mentioned torpedo, for no. example. No. But 
I do think it's very drinkable. I mean, it's in a 355 can, and I'm not sure how far into 2021 review it's going to get, to be honest. Well, why we drink this, let's get straight into it. Let's get into what our listeners have been saying about the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. A few comments. Um, first one up is about fine ales, um, which feels an age ago now, Steve. Feels it does, like but it was, only, it was only a few weeks ago, but it does feel like ages ago <laughs> that we sat down with Jamie, doesn't yeah. it? Um, so, from James at James Moosh. I happen to have some Jarl cans in the fridge, so I cracked one to listen. Great to hear more about the story of Fine and also what it's like to be slightly more established, but still a small brewer in the UK. Rob Zilla at Rob Many Handles. Really interesting listen. Made me question just how green a brewery can be made to be. With CO2 recapture, ground heat pumps and solar wind power, is it possible to brew without any CO2 being released? Obviously, that was a question that we'd never be able to answer. And what I thought, <laughs> what I thought was great was that Jamie actually jumped in at that point, didn't he? And, and, and came back with a few comments on what they're trying to do. Yeah. And rather than summarise it, because I think, A, Jamie did come back with the tweets. Uh, I am just going to read them as, as, he, as he sent them, because they're, they're actually really informative. And as Steve said, there's nothing he wrote that me and Steve could have added in there at all. So really interesting question. We are looking at and we need to find solutions. Renewables for electricity is easy and we are planning solar on all roofs plus cold energy storage capacity to help balance use and generation. There is an argument I want to understand better, but the CO2 released in fermentation matches that captured by growing the barley, in which case CO2 capture gives us a sustainable source for packaging and dispense. My biggest question is how to replace oil and gas with sustainable source for steam generation and still not sure how we can fix that. And then there is a question of CO2 associated with malt hops packaging materials. There is a lot to do and we have a long way to go. That was great. I love the fact that Jamie actually jumped in there and, and, and replied to Rob because firstly, he gave far more detail than, than we ever could. But secondly, I think it, it shows that they're actually aware that they need to make some changes and they are thinking about doing that. And, and part of me wonders how much of that is down to their provenance in terms of where they are located as a brewery, that they actually don't want to have an impact on that amazing environment around where, where they're homed. I reckon that plays a large part of it. And I just love the layers. So rather than just thinking about the immediate surroundings, it was the immediate surroundings, what could we do? And then even talking about the packaging associated with the malt, hops, pack, all the materials, steam generation. There's so many layers there that I, perhaps naively, wouldn't even have considered with their impact, rather than just maybe their, their initial bit. So, yeah, I think, I think it was a really wonderful question from Rob, because it does, it opened up so many other questions. But the responses from Jamie, and, and he came back really quite quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so these are things that they are working on, but they are actively thinking about. And also saying that they haven't got all the answers. And perhaps right now, for a business, some of those answers don't exist. No, but they're aware of them and they're looking to the future by working towards them. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's definitely a case for at some point in the future, having a, another sit down with Jamie just to say, again, 
predominantly so that you and I have an excuse to drink another can of Yarl on, <laughs> on the show, or even better, maybe be somewhere where it's got cask on, but also just to find out how the progress, how, how are they doing? How is this moving forwards? You know, because I think that's actually a wonderful story that has started to become a bit more prevalent this year, especially for you and I, perhaps. Oh, absolutely. And I think I think some of that is also down to um, what's been very relevant recently, which was the whole Toast Companion series as, as well, which we did manage to feature a few of those beers on, on the show, uh, Small Changes. And we've got some feedback about that show as, as well. So first up from Pete at Hops and Hoops. Great show. Re Hefeweizens. I had one from Anspach and Hob Day, released annually as part of their Oktoberfest beers and Overtone in the last couple of months. Cloudwater released one in their Oktoberfest beers this year too. They are out there and they're delicious. So I think at that point we'd put a call out saying we don't really we don't really see a lot of these. And I think it's great that the listeners are responding saying, well, actually they are there. You just yeah. need, need to look for them. From Richard Taylor at Rich Taylor 1608, another top quality show chaps, loving the beery adventures, opinions, and the beer chats. Where's the news segment gone? I'm going to come back to that in a second. Uh, really enjoy beers with mates and never worry about choices as I'll drink anything as long as it is served well and it tastes good. Looking forward to Lee being on. Now, now Rich's point there about where's the news segment gone? I think I did go back to Rich on, on, on Twitter. We, we haven't done the news segment for <laughs> since at least August, September now. Maybe even a bit before. And again, maybe someone will correct us, but I think we got to, we, we discussed it and because we're every two weeks and one of those is with a guest. So unless there's a really big news story, which we can also involve our guest in as well, rather than you maybe rattling off five headlines and us maybe not having much to say, we also have taken a bit of a leap, but potentially a lot of people already know those that news as yeah. well. So that, that old phrase about, you know, today's news, tomorrow's fish and chip wrapper. So we don't really want to be doing that. But I mean, again, if there was the, you know, the equivalent of Beavertown selling a steak to Heineken, I'm sure that would be come up as part of our chat anyway. Well, we will. Yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd cover big stories. But also it seems as though the entire brewing industry always waits until the Tuesday morning after recording for the big news to happen. Yes. So I think that happened again recently. I can't remember what it was, but somebody actually pointed out to us, Looks like they've waited until Tuesday morning again, chaps. For, yes, for, for this that's another news. good reason to ditch yeah. it. But yeah. Rich, why is it taking you so long? Yeah, I, I thought he was a fan. <laughs> uh, and then finally from Rob L at a Kaiazan and your forest. That's a butchered that handle there. But yeah, Rob, Rob, you really need to sort this handle out. Make it easier for us to read. Uh, great show. I definitely agree with Martin. Beer selection would never be a barrier to seeing people. But if it is flexible or I'm organising, I will prioritise quality, which I've often found is a surrogate of other good things, e.g. gym wide or food. So a, a lot of people kind of leaning towards what you were saying in that in that particular show about how you'd prioritise um, going out drinking with friends and choosing venues and, 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 and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's great to hear you know people come back with their with their views as well. Um, uh, you know, and everyone has a slightly different take on it and especially at potentially this time of year that we're in now as well, where there are a lot of opportunities, even up until recently, to meet up with people. And it may not always be where you want to be, but I think if anything, if anything's happened over the last 20 months, it's if you can catch up with people in person and you feel comfortable, do it, regardless almost of where you are. That's what that's my 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 take at the moment. We have yet more feedback 
this time, uh, Hoppy returns. So I'll catch up with Lee from Brew York. Great episode, gents. Great listening to Lee talk. I love Brew York, love the branding, love the names, and most importantly, love the beers. The Tom Coco on cast at the Vic will live in my memory for years to come. Well, you've probably got more memory of the Vic than I have that night, Paul. So well done. Me, me too. To, to <laughs> I, I don't even remember Tom Coco being on, if, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, yeah, but you just would have blamed it out anyway, Steve. That, that's, this is true, yes. From James at Garen, Gammon Barron. Lee's call to arms for British breweries is refreshing to hear. At least we've avoided glitter beer so far. There's still time. It's that time of year. Who knows? And Dazzler at Real Dazzler. Podcast finished. Thoroughly enjoyed hearing you talk so frankly about the industry. Nodded sagely through it all. Apart from the not brewing red dancing bit again. Maybe a collective fund for the fans needs to kick <laughs> off. I'll start with five English pounds. <laughs> now, I know we're a little bit biased, but, but there was quite a leaning towards our listeners feeding back to how disappointed they were to hear that Red Dancing wasn't going to be brewed again. Yeah, but, you know, as, as, as Lee was very honest with us, it just didn't sell as well as they, would, they, as they planned to sell their beers, enough quantity, quick enough. So, you know, again, I always appreciate uh, people who have had the beer speaking favorably of it i still do you do steve um but it is going to become a memory and and i think we're you and i and others are just going to have to learn to accept that hard as it may be maybe not because there was a slight backtracking from the brew york twitter account where i think it was a couple of days after we recorded that show where they said never say never so i'm still not ruling it out that we're we're not going to see it again i missed that no i didn't Trust me. And anything to do with potentially bringing Red Dancing back, I've got it saved, booked, bookmarked. That's already in my file of evidence for when I when, when I go and pitch it to Lee again and say, we really need to do this again, mate. The Imperial version. Yeah, that's that's what everyone wants right now. It's the Imperial <laughs> Red Dancing. A- absolutely. And then there's just a, uh, just a couple of general comments uh, to finish off this week's Bitter and Inganis. First up from Neil Hayden at Neil Hayden 747. Um, I've always enjoyed the podcast. However, this year, you and Martin have taken it to a completely other level. Classic episode after classic episode. And I'm really humbled to, to, to hear that. And I'm really grateful to, to hear that as, as, as well from Neil. So thank you very much. Um, I, I will just stress again, this, this still remains a hobby for us. We do this because we enjoy doing it. And we've had a lot of fun this year. And, and we've had the opportunity to fulfil some dreams this, this year. But we will come on to some of these later on. It's the end of year review show. We're not going to get through this show without mentioning that episode over <laughs> and, and over again. And I think that's the other thing that I want to say as, as well, is that there was a particular tweet that, that summed up this, this year for us. And, and this, this isn't uh, this isn't a recent one. This goes back to when we were um, doing some bits ahead of our fifth birthday show. It was a tweet from... Andy Parker. Now, Andy's a friend of the show. He's, he's, he's actually a friend of, of ours. He's been on the show a number of times. Obviously, he was involved in the collaboration with, with Brew York. And when we were promoting the, the fifth birthday show that we had coming up, Andy had these fantastically kind words to say about what we do. 
And he simply said that the amazing interview with Ken Grossman was a landmark moment in UK beer podcasting and perfectly illustrates the high regard in which the show is held. Now, the, the, the Ken Grossman moment was a real landmark for us this year, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. There's, no, there's, there's no two ways about it, is there? Yeah. The, uh, it, you know, when we, start to, we started talking about the end of year show and probably been talking about it on and off for a couple of months now. This was always going to be the one, because I think we've got a few separate ones, which we'll come into, but there's one or two, which are definitely joint moments, which we have enjoyed doing exactly the same time. And we've both been part of it at the same time. And the one with Ken Grossman is up. It's probably top of that list, isn't it? It's probably top of the list. And this is no disrespect to anything else we've done or anything else we might do, but just I never thought that could happen. No, but we actually, we also covered that on the fifth birthday, didn't we? Where we looked back at our biggest moments over the last five years. And that number one moment for us was that show that we did with Ken. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, we're knee deep in lockdown, mid-February. It's the day before uh, mine and Michelle's 50th birthday. We're going to end up celebrating it literally at home a very brief trip out from McDonald's breakfast in the morning. And then we've got this, we're planning it, we're planning it. I'll take, I'll book the half day off work and half two, three o'clock in the afternoon, walk, turn on the laptops, connect to Zoom. And there's Ken Grossman drinking his coffee. Yeah. Not knowing, just... not knowing what the hell he's let himself in for with us. Thinking really, who are these two people? <laughs> Mate, even now, it, it still feels surreal. It, it still feels like it didn't happen. And I, I'm actually, I can't believe I did it, actually. I'm, I'm gutted that I deleted the video file of, of, of that because... Yes, yes, I was just going to say that because I don't know, it just would have been one of those things because there was times when I think anyone who's listened to it knows there's moments where there's literally only one person talking. And, and that's Ken. That's Ken. And we were and just listening. We were listening and drinking his beers. Yeah, much much like we are now. And this is, it's, it's probably fair to say, this is the reason why we chose to open the end of year show with a Sierra Nevada beer and, and, and this this beer in particular. Because um, I think the name's quite apt. It's a, yeah. it's a celebration. It's a celebration of what we've done this year. And, and as I say, it's not going to be the last time you hear it from us t- tonight. We'll, we'll, it's going to be mentioned over and over again because it is a real highlight for us. That, that, hour and a half that we got to spend with Ken Grossman was probably the greatest hour and a half of my beery life. I, I almost verged into saying that was the greatest hour and a half of my life there. And then I've realized I've got two kids and the birth of both of those should probably come above interviewing Ken Grossman. Yes. Yes, Steve. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I truly believe um, your excitement could have run away with you there. <laughs> but I reined it, I reined it back in. But but yeah, that's that's why we've started here tonight because it, it seemed fitting that we, we we should go back and have a little bit of a look and what while we're enjoying the Sierra Nevada beer. But I do just want to say at this point, and again, this isn't going to be the last time you hear this tonight, the appreciation that we have for every single one of our listeners and for the time that they take to contribute to the show, to feedback, to let us know when we're doing a good job, to let us know when we're doing a bad job. We can't measure how grateful we are for you folks getting involved 
time after time, episode after episode. And I know I say this every year, but I'm going to say it again. Folks, without you guys, we're nothing. Because if, if you're not there contributing to what we do, it's just Martin and I talking shit for an hour and a half. And I know some people enjoy that, but what makes it for me is that we have such a strong listenership that involves themselves in the show. Yeah. I mean, you opened by saying, you, you said a little while ago, Steve, it's a hobby, but it's a hobby that we really enjoy. That enjoyment would be immeasurably a lot less if it wasn't for listener and community engagement. And the fact that we have been lucky enough to meet so many of the people who contribute to the show, it would definitely be, it would probably feel less like an enjoyable hobby in my mind. It would almost feel like something we've started doing, so we'll carry on doing. What do you mean? It would almost feel like work. Yes, it would feel like work. <laughs> and there are times when, you know, and we obviously, you know, we still need to work on the budget for net for 2022. <laughs> um, but apart from that, no, seriously speaking, it, the, the fun element, a lot of the time, if not all of the time, is the interaction with uh, listeners, people we meet, Twitter engagement, and the guests we have on the show. Or it would be you and I talking bollocks to each other. And quite frankly, Steve, we do that a lot of the time anyway without recording it. This this is very true. Yes, this, this is very <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, we, we enjoy what we do and we'll, we, we'll continue to do it um, until we stop enjoying it, pro- probably. And, you know, as, I think as we'll dig into this, 2021 has definitely shown that we are still enjoying it. So For the, for the first time this evening, thank you to all of our listeners. It, that won't be the last time we thank you tonight. No, especially as the ABV goes up, it'll be we love everyone by the end of it as well. Um, it, it, it will. But speaking of enjoyment, Steve, I don't, I've, I've enjoyed my celebration fresh hop. My celebration's gone. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I'm still celebrating, but the, the celebration beer that, that, that has, uh, has gone. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. I mean, I, what I really like about that is the softness of, of it and that the balance that's in that beer. Everything's there in equal quantities. Isn't that, again, the signature of Sierra Nevada? Yeah. You know, we, we, we drink, drink four of their beers on the show, you know, Pale Ale, Torpedo, even the Fantastic Haze, which was hazy but wasn't ju- thick and juicy, but 9%. And that is easily one of my favourite beers over the last couple of years that I've discovered. Because, again... He's still so well balanced. It's, you know, um, and, you know, when we did that chat with uh, Sierra Nevada and and Ken, you know, uh, Russ from Amity was kind enough to share a few of his own thoughts as part of a pro script for the show. And I've got pretty convinced that that's the model that he and others have taken away from them. That's how impactful Sierra Nevada are. You should always want to have another one of their beers. And I think, you know, that's what Amity do. And that's what so many other breweries do is like, yeah, I want a second one now. I want I, a third one. I don't think you can understate the impact that Ken and Sierra Nevada have had on the entire brewing industry, uh, not just in the US, but also in the UK. Uh, yeah, and, and probably a further afield, probably further afield than we know as well. But yeah. like I said, going back to the points of brew that I listened to, Russian River mentioned Sierra Nevada. It'd be a close run thing for the amount of times they mentioned Sierra Nevada and Ken Grossman versus how many times we're going to tonight. <laughs> yeah, for so those of you can't keep in count, <laughs> believe me, we're only just getting going uh, uh, at this point. 
let's move on to the second beer that we're going to do this evening. And this is, uh, we're going big. Here we go. So this is 9%. Yay. It's, it's from Simple Things Fermentations, who uh, regular listeners to the show will know we've featured some of their beers previously. This is a wheat wine. It's their Big Ideas series number 20. And I'm really looking forward to doing this. Yeah, so we, while we crack it open and get it in the glass, so, I mean, what they were, what Phil has described it as, um, is it, and this is really interesting, it sits somewhere between a barley wine, a triple, and a triple IPA, without being particularly similar to any of them. It's a boozy sipper, and almost whiskey-like in its fruity complexity. That, all, of, I mean, that sentence just makes it sound amazing doesn't it and how curious were we to try a wheat wine absolutely i can't say i've i've maybe had one or two wheat wines in 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 the past one of them i know was it an indie man that i went to quite a few years back um but yeah i was certainly from the recent because because phil was kind enough to send us a a a batch of beers recently and certainly when you delivered those to me i was like we need to feature that one on the end of year show because it it was the one that stood out as being really really interesting and also obviously we like to do a nice high abv on this show as as, as, as well (laughs) i mean it's um i mean tell you i mean the um it's the the conditioning of it looks fantastic in the glass yeah I'm getting a, I'm getting a slightly saisonesqueness yeah. from the nose. A little bit yeah. of funk. There's definitely a bit of, almost like a, also a bit of a white wine character. Yeah, I'm getting a, li- I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm getting a little bit of cheese as well. On okay, there, like a little bit of cheese? cheesy feet going on. Uh, but, um, I'm not going to let that deter me. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's nice. So... Out of the three that he said, barley wine, a triple or triple IPA, where do you think that sits in those three? That's that's barley wine for me. That's that's more on that side. It's it's barley wine, maybe leaning towards a barrel-aged barley wine for, for me. I can definitely see the triple elements, that bit of funk, and also um, that that's the, the, the triple type of sweetness and drinkability as well. It's... It's very light for its 9% as well. You know, some barley wines aren't necessarily thick, but they leave feel like they're leaving a bit of a coating and giving you a bit of boozy warmth. Not getting any boozy warmth from this at all. I'm getting fruitiness. Um, it's actually really quite refreshing. So this is definitely in the mould of when you go to Belgium and maybe your first time you've gone to Belgium and you haven't quite grasped but the beers they're serving you are in the high ABV uh, end of the scale. And but you're just really enjoying it. You're sipping, you're yeah. drinking. Then they come over, say, would you like something else? You pick another one and then you just carry on. And then you wonder why when you try to leave the place, everything's a little bit dodgy and a bit iffy. A, a bit bit like that first time when you go to Degar and you say, yeah, I'll have the house beer. And they don't tell you it's 11%. Yes, exactly like that. And yeah, this is really delicious. I mean, I mean, he's uh, he also went on to say it's changed a lot, even in the few months since we brewed it. And it'd be interesting to see how it develops over the next year or so. I can tell you right now, as of late December 2021, it's tasting bloody fantastic. 
it's dangerously drinkable as, <laughs> as, as well. Uh, at nine percent, you do get the boo- boozy warmth, but what you don't get is you don't drink it and you think, "Whoa, God, that's that's big." It's, yeah, I'm not again, that. it's it's soft and smooth again, isn't it? This, yeah, it, it's in terms of a lot the characteristics of it. It shares a lot of how the celebration was feeling. It's got that smoothness. There's a nice creaminess to the finish on it. I'm, I think it's a delicious beer. It is a delicious beer, and you know it was a pleasure to be able to talk to Phil for a, a period of time at Brew London earlier this year as well, having interacted with him, listened to him on Rhythm and Brews, and and had some beers beers from him as well. Um, yeah, this again, and I think we actually, I think I feel like we say it more and more these days, Steve. The skill of some of the brewers who um, are producing some of these bigger beers, the skill of being able to produce such a well balanced, well rounded, but still very different and complex beer that is still drinkable yeah to coin a phrase that has been used before pints are achievable you probably could drink a pint of this you'd pay for it yeah yeah i this might be one that i might look at and say yeah although i i could drink a pint of it i don't know if i want to because not nine percent is yeah but you but you know as an analogy you know what i'm saying yeah oh absolutely why um, we drink this? We've got one question. Questions, questions, fill my head. From James at Gammon Barron, um, who says, what is your favourite Christmas owl? But then he asterisks that <laughs> by saying, it must conform to untapped Winter Wonderland badge, i.e. includes the terms like winter, so snow, Santa or Christmas in the title, as well as the styles of winter, warmer or owl. So what would yours be, mate? Well, I think in years gone by, and I mean pre-craft journey, it would have been one of those trad beers that had Rudolph or Father Christmas on the front and was generally one of the beers that they'd been doing every year and they just had tweaked it a little bit to make it a bit more Christmassy. So I discounted all of those to start off with. Um, And I looked back at some of the beers I've had a bit more recently in my time of winter-type beers and Christmas-type beers and those seasonals. Um, one which came up a few times in my untapped records was uh, the Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Anchor, their, their special ale. And again, um, I'm presuming because it's got the word Christmas in it, it definitely counts. Yeah. Um, now, I also, interestingly, when I look back on untapped, the first time I had this, um, and it may have been a, even have been a bottle share beer, I'm not sure, so in which case it may have been a bit warm, depending on when we had it in the evening. I, I wasn't favourably disposed to it the first time around. Whereas the more times I've had it over the years and I know what I'm looking for and expecting, culminating in one I had the weekend just gone, I really rate it very highly and I really do enjoy it. And it's probably one now that I will look out for every year. Um, and I know that some people have been doing the anchor specials for, uh, you know, a number of years and have probably got quite a good vertical tasting lined up. So that'd be one of them. The other one was one I only discovered uh, very recently. And that's from Brasserie de la Seine, the winter mess. And again, the 2020 version has really been for me, the one which has sort of nailed it for me. Yeah. I've always liked the beers from Brasserie de la Seine, you know, Terrace Bulba, you know, we, we all know about that one. Um, but the winter mess again is just another layer of of skills that these brewers have brought to the game. So yeah, I discounted low, all of this the 
UK traditional market. And then having had a bit of a look, I would definitely settle on. If the only two Christmas beers I had was Winter Mess by Delacen and the Merry Christmas by Enka, I think I'd be quite happy. Interesting shout, because I think I probably did the same thing in terms of discounting the whole of the UK market instantly, <laughs> uh, which probably isn't a, a, a great approach to take, but it's, it, is, it is what it is. I Just jumping on what you're saying there, I don't think I've ever had the Anchor Owl, um, or I think I maybe have tried it once and didn't really get on with it, so never went back to it. So I, I've got no comparison there. So where I went with this, I I started off as what could I shoehorn into this category? So straight away, I thought, well, the Sierra Nevada celebration only comes out at this time of year. It's got a snowy cottage on it. Could I get away with that? And then I thought, could I get away with Fuller's Vintage? And I suppose that goes against what I've just said in terms of discounting the whole of the UK. Um, But. Fuller's Vintage Vintage Ale for me is a beer that I very much associate with Christmas because it comes out at at this time of year. Um, And after I discounted those two, I I then, and I I, I would say in past years, this may have surprised people, but now I don't think this is going to surprise people. I then went to Belgium and I was like, well, what have we got there? So straight away, my mind went to Avec Les Bonveaux because the actual translation of that is with good wishes of the season. So I was like, okay, so maybe we're in the sort of territory there. And then I was like, no, I'm still, I'm still pushing it a little bit. And then I had a moment of epiphany this past Saturday afternoon where in, in Colchester, there was a bar serving the (laughs) St. Bernardus Christmas owl. It was 10%. It was two o'clock in the afternoon and I was enjoying that like I have never enjoyed a beer in all my life at that time of the day. And and I think for me, I think that would probably be it now. It would be the St. Bernardus Christmas Owl, probably because it's the most recent one in, in memory. But if we were going a little bit further back, it would probably be something like Still Knacked which we've had the pleasure of doing as a horizontal tasting with Jezza, but that's a great Christmas beer as well. So, but yeah, for me, I found myself very much firmly rooted in Belgium. And as I say, I think a few years ago, people would be surprised at that. I think now maybe not so much because my, my tastes are very much leaning towards Belgian beers now. Um, I would agree. I think there would have been an element of surprise maybe even just two years ago, but less so now. Um, I think it's a great shout, shout by the way. It's a, definitely a great shout. Um, you know, my views about St. Bernard has been better than West Felter and are, are almost as well known as my views about Yorkshire pudding. So we won't, we won't <laughs> well, take it know, any further from there. Mate, sometimes um, I don't even know how we can be friends <laughs> over this whole Yorkshire pudding thing, but that's for another show completely. Exactly. But I just looked up the uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the 2015 and you gave it two and a half out of five. Uh, we tasted it at a bottle share extra when I think the snobs were over from Ireland. Okay. And just looking through everyone else who checked in who were there, there wasn't a lot of love for it, as in the bigger scores. But when I look at the beers after that, the next few years' iterations, the scores are better. So, again, did we have the bottle in the best condition? Had it been stored right? Were we prepared for it? I don't know. But... I have definitely grown to love that. And like I said, I've definitely got my two ones, but I'd quite happily add yours in as a third. I mean, I don't mean a third of it, which hopefully you had a third as it was your first beer. Or was it half? half? It was a half. half. 
Of course, half at two o'clock on I was, a Saturday. I was, I was close. To, I was close to taking a pint. <laughs> so I just said about having this wheat wine as a pint, and you said, "Oh, I don't know if I would." But the Saint Bernard's Christmas ale is a yes. Well, it was it was served in the actual Saint Bernard's glass, but it didn't fill it up, and I was like, I feel as though I'm doing that glass an injustice. It's it's not fulfilling its destiny in terms of being filled to the brim with with, with beer. Oh yeah, it's just, uh, one of the like the um, with the long stem, the same Bernard's yeah, glass, isn't it? Very bowl shaped as yeah. well. So you you oh. have to have a really good pour from the bottle to get the right head. I just don't know pour. whether you, yeah, I don't know whether you always get that from draft. Actually, I think you're probably right about that as well. Um, but I would love to have other recommendations for Christmas beers. Maybe I'd I could love, end up. Yeah. Maybe I could end up with a twelve beer or Christmas box just based on recommendations. That that would be great. Uh, yes, listeners, give us give us your feedback. Let us know what beers you would take under the Winter Wonderland category. Use the hashtag opinions, and we will find you and feature you on the next show. Now, mate, it's the time that every one of our listeners looks forward to. It's the time that I know you cannot wait for. It's the look back on the show stats over the last year and Martin's quiz of the year as, as well that, that comes in here. I know you love this, mate. I know you love it. <laughs> I, I know you love it. So just looking back over the show uh, in 2021, we're now nine years in, into the Beer O'Clock show. We are going into a landmark year for us next year. It'll be the 10th anniversary of, of the Beer O'Clock show. And as far as I'm aware, we will be the first beer podcast in the UK, maybe in the world, I don't know, to, to reach 10 years of existence. And that will be quite a landmark. And trust me, you should see the spreadsheets that I've got in the terms of the planning for that show. But we're also five years into opinions now as, as well, mate. So actually, I've now been doing this longer with you than I did it with Mark. And again, we talk about things seeming like a long time ago in the past. My time with Mark does really feel like a very different era to, to me now. Yeah, I guess it does. I mean, that was twenty twelve to twenty sixteen, wasn't it? Um, different, different, different beers, different way, even different way of recording. We've gone through iterations of recording. I mean, you and Mark were doing Skype. You and I were definitely we're going to do them all in person. Pandemic happens, and we've probably done two or three in person since all that yeah. shit kicked off. And the most recent one being the beery cocktails, and and we did comment at the time how much we enjoyed. The recording in person again so there's there will be more in 2022 it's you know but but yeah i mean it's it is it is time and place and we will try to do stuff uh, again in person next year as and when time allows coming back to this year this show is our 33rd show of the year and we've produced about well i say about over 3,000 minutes of, of, of content this year as, as well. So any of our listeners that have stuck with us through all of that, thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> We've featured 51 breweries this year. Now, mate, here's, here's your oh. first question. Which two breweries have we featured more than three times on the show? Brew York? Yes. There's a point. Ding. I probably should know this off the top of my head, but I'm going to say Lucif. No. Uh, so half right there. So Brew York, definitely. Uh, fine. Fine Owls have been featured a number of occasions this, this year. We've done Origins, we've done Yarl, and obviously we had the show with Jamie as, as, as well. So oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have featured 129 different beers 
and we are still creatures of habit. So our top, <laughs> our top style for the last year is IPA, which we, no. have, which we have featured 18 times, followed by Palau, which we have featured 15 times. Then once again, followed by our old owl, which we've featured 10 times. Now, normally in, in the past, that's been bumped up by the Fuller's Vintage. This year, that particular category was bumped up by the show that we did with Jezza, with all those old owls. That was all you could class them as, was, was, was old owls. Um, we've also done a lot of Imperial Stouts. Well, we've done, we've done Imperial Stout seven times in the last year. We've also done Saisons six times as well, which again, I think if you go back to previous years, shows how we're beginning to try and be a bit more adventurous in the styles that we have on the show. Yeah, I guess um, a couple of those finals probably contributed to that as well, didn't they, with the origins? Yes, yes. Yeah. Here's another question for you then, and I'll give you uh, five either way on this. Hmm, how many different styles have we featured this year? Okay, how many beers did you say we'd had? 129 beers. 12. 40 different 40. styles 40 different is this styles, styles as per like untapped yes styles yeah not bjcp because it would probably be very much less than that but yeah generally going in lines with what you would have on untapped even though 18 of those were ipas, IPAs. yeah bloody hell <laughs> see i was basing it on that and some of the other bits you'd said so We've obviously featured some styles just once then. Yeah, just 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 the ones. They've, they've just cropped up once. So, and here's, here's, here's your next question then. Um, we have featured three beers twice on shows this year. What are they? Y'all? Yes. Something from Utopian? No, uh, you, you're not going to get this. Okay. Uh, Lost and Grounded Hells, which we've featured twice. We featured it when we had Melissa Cole on, and then we featured it when we did the Lager, special. Lager show. And Six Degrees North Hop Classic, we've, we've featured twice as, as well. Really? Yeah. Well, when I say we've featured twice, I've drunk it twice on the show. Uh, we did it on the show when, when we had Robert on, but I also had done it previous to that as well, uh, earlier on in the year. Okay. All right. I'm actually quite, I'm, I'm pleased, but surprised. that I, yeah. wouldn't have, I definitely wouldn't have got, definitely would have got Six Degrees North. Okay, and this this so this is your last question, and I'm hoping you'll get this one. We also featured our 1,000th beer in the podcast history this year. What was it? Oh fuck! I should know this. <laughs> oh, do I get? How about do I get a wait? Roughly what time of the year it was? What what month did we do hit our 1,000th? No, because I don't remember. It was uh, it was recently. It was like September, October. <sighs> no, go on. Mate, I was drinking it before we recorded tonight. Oh, what? Big Eagle? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this, now I know why you hate this quiz every year. Maybe I'll let you do the quiz next year and you can you can quiz me on some of this. Yeah, this actually, stuff. maybe that's a good way to do it. It also forced me to do a bit of revision. Yeah. Um, Lee, sorry. <laughs> the, the final stat that I have is we've had 23 guests in, in, in the past year. 70% of those are from breweries, breweries and 30% are listeners and other guests that, that, that we have on. So it's been quite a big year for us in, in, in terms of, uh, of what we've done. There's been quite a few milestones in there. 
and we've got um, a bit more to come as well in, in, in the future, obviously, as we go into our 10th year. Well, I mean, we'll get on to it, but we have been lucky enough to have a few specials, and our specials generally involve guests, don't they? That probably, they do. beer, probably Beery Cocktails was the only special slash bonus episode which didn't. Yeah, I'm still not sure whether we're terming that as a special. I think, literally think we're terming that as a bit of fun that you and I wanted to have and let our listeners into the secret life of what we do. In... So are we calling that a bonus? I think that's a, a bonus special. episode, yeah, yeah. I've got some statistics from Spotify as well. Would you like these two? I'm not going to quiz you on them. I'm just going to give them to you. Well, that's so, good, because I don't, I don't listen to us on Spotify. <laughs> no, a lot of people don't, uh, apparently. Uh, we're listened to in 25 countries. Uh, we've had our first listen this year in Croatia, and we have one listener in Peru as, as well. If you are that listener... Please say hello. We'd love to. <laughs> we'd, we'd love to interact with you. Our followers followers are up sixty four percent. Our listeners are up twenty one percent. Thirty seven people listen to more of us than any other podcast that they do on uh, Spotify. But only, and this is quite interesting. So, from our recent listener survey, only ten point five percent of our listeners use Spotify. So, it's a very small number of people that are actually contributing to these statistics. Five people listen to us on their on their birthdays so happy birthday you folks <laughs> didn't you have the greatest of days and our top five countries are uk ireland spain netherlands and new zealand spain replacing the usa in the top five this year so that's that that's the year in statistics but as i think you've mentioned 2021 for us was also the year of the special for us so we started introducing some additional shows here and there which obviously the first one was the biggest drop of all where we released that sierra nevada episode with ken for our listeners point of view quite literally out of nowhere on that yeah although our our biggest struggle listeners wasn't getting hold of ken it was stopping steve from telling the world we'd got hold of ken especially afterwards he was like a child. I was Christmas. so excited, especially having edited it. I just wanted it out there and I wanted it in the main. And I think the show was actually ready about 10 days before it was due to go out. And I think we even had another show coming out before it that we still had to record. Yeah, we had to, we had to record the show on the... So we recorded that on Friday the 12th of Feb. That's the day before birthday. And we were still, we had still had the recording to do on Monday the 15th. Yeah. So, so we always knew where we were going to drop it. And I, I have to admit, I was like a kid on Christmas the night before I went to bed of, of that show dropping because I, 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 I kind of knew the impact that it was going to have with our listeners when all of a sudden out of nowhere, no one was expecting us to release a show on that Thursday. This show popped up and it wasn't just any old show. It was you and I talking to Ken Grossman. Yeah. Uh, and yes, I mean, I, I, I was the same. I was like, five past six. Why have people not commented yet? Come on. Why have people not commented yet? <laughs> yeah, you should um, be all over this. <laughs> um, I, I, I still think the best bit was just dropping it. Yeah. If that had been me of a listener of another show and it, similar sort of equivalent had happened you know listen to doctor who podcast and maybe someone had the chance to um, interview one of my favorite doctors or one of the people who i consider one of the uh, one of the people who've been in the tardis i'd be go i'd be like oh my god i can't believe you, you managed to do this and you dropped it as a podcast 
the comments we had, you know, you've already read out Andy's one and we heard Andy and Lee chat about it as well. Um, but from people who are long-term listeners of the show, people who are friends of the show, the comments we had about that were just unbelievably good. I got a lot of private comments from friends who listened to the show as well about just how good it was. And, and, and yeah, it's, um, it's a landmark moment for us. It really is. Yeah, no, you know, it is, it was. And I would, I would apologise for banging on about it, but I would be being insincere if I did. Um, because it was a wonderful moment. And I, I'm so glad that other people enjoyed it. If no one else had listened to it, I had the chance to speak to Ken Grossman. Yeah. And I, I think people listening to this right now would think that there was something wrong with us if we didn't keep banging on about it in our end of year review, because <laughs> it is it is a special moment for us. Safe to say then that the Sierra Nevada Ken Grossman show is right up there as, as one of our favourite shows of the year. And again, it's not going to be the last time you hear about that tonight, folks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but what are the other shows that you've really enjoyed this year, mate? Um, I'm going to st- stick on the specials theme, actually. Um Shortly after that, or I felt shortly after that, we had the chance to record with someone I who hadn't really come across before and hadn't come across the beers, um, and that was Jamil. So Beer Heretics, show 145. It was um, That was a proper boozy recording, that one. And I had no idea he was such a home brew hero, legend. But then we started talking about it. You find that he's brewed every single style under the BJCP um and his 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 heritage in it how long he's been doing it for and ultimately again the beers we were drinking were superb and that i definitely feel there's towards the end of that show the wheels have been more than loosened to uh, coin abs- a phrase absolutely um that's one of my highlights as, as well that was on my list so i i'm not i'm not going to repeat that I, I enjoyed the time that we had with jamil um and again it was great to hear from our listeners how much they enjoyed that especially from again like you say the homebrew community yeah and then there was even a, a small percentage of people that they actually said they actually enjoyed that more than the show that we did with, with, with ken because of the the respect that they have for him yep and you know again i think that's wonderful that we you know someone who we weren't really familiar with at all held such was held in such high regards by other people who, who maybe through their home, their own homebrewing looked up to him, but I got it by the end of it. Absolutely got it. By the end of it, I'm thinking I definitely would like to sit at a bar and drink beers with this man in person. Yeah. What a time you would have. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, none of that was ever on my bucket list of things to do. Now it's right up there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So talking of bucket lists for, for me, one of the other favourite shows for, for, from this year, and, and this is one that goes right back to the start of the Beer O'Clock show, was finally getting Melissa Cole on, on a podcast. That has been too many years in, in, in the making to finally get Melissa on. It was great to, to, to finally be able to sit down, just chat and share a few beers with her and just have, it, have a lot of fun talking I, to her. I was still shocked she hadn't been on the old Beer O'Clock show it's just it's one of these things that we just simply never managed to align the diaries to make it happen seems bizarre considering yeah. how long she's been in the, in the beery beery world in the beery sphere 
and you have as well that it hadn't happened prior to that. I mean, I, I was lucky enough then to be part of it. And yeah, it was it was it was a wonderful evening chat. I think we even got to fish and chips in the way in that conversation. I think so. And the fact that apparently a cup of tea is the best thing you can have. Mug, mug of tea. Sorry, I still disagree with that. It's much like your views on <laughs> much like your views on Yorkshire puddings, mate. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go in with, with my next favourite. I'm gonna go for episodes after that one because I, I I don't think I can separate these for a number of reasons. So and and that was two of the episodes that we did this year that had listeners on. The first being the show that we did with Danny, which I know a lot of our listeners have really enjoyed that um, because of her honesty and the way that she spoke about her background and being in the industry and, and just, again, the fun that we had. The second one, and for me, it was a show that, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't expect it to land quite as well as it did. And that was the show with Stephen O'Kane. Where, right, where you've, we, just, you've just taken two of mine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really sorry, mate. But but they were two... They, they, I, I guess that just goes to show how in line you and I are when we do this shit. Yeah, I mean, Dan, Danny we enjoy was, the same things. Yeah, Danny was on my list, um, and I was thinking, what's the other one? And then I thought, you know what? I had a fabulous evening listening to what Stephen was telling us. I mean, that literally was the definition of every night is a school night or every day is a school day. Yeah, that 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 Monday recording with Stephen actually it might have been a Tuesday because we had technical issues the first night. Um, and yes, you wondered how you you were. I think I fair to say you you were a bit worried about how it would land with a lot of our most of our listenership who had no real connection or affinity with Northern Ireland. Yeah, and about those archaic laws that they have to deal with. I was very much on the. I reckon people would actually find it quite really quite interesting because it's so different to what we have over here in the UK, as in the UK mainland. And I know the reason why you picked it is because I think we had a fabulous time just learning. Stephen is a, a, list, a long-term listener of the show Soc- at Socrates at Socrates 9, yeah. isn't it? I think is his handle. Um, and, you know, it was an absolutely fascinating listen. And I'm so glad it came across and actually resonated with people. And, yeah, um, the pub that shall not be named with Danny was just... It's brilliant, wasn't it? Fabulous evening because she's, a she's so eloquent, Danny is, um, but her background is so very different to anything we we experience. Um, even with my background of living above and off license, it's very different to living above and working and running a pub at such a young age as what she did, um, and just those views were just so very different. And the points of view, um, Danny will be back on if she'll have us. <laughs> so I've stolen two of yours there, mate. You, you must have another couple to, to go because I've only got I've only got a couple more on my list in terms of the ones the real highlights. And just to be clear, I'm not putting these in any order. So um, you've already referenced it once. Um, dusty old shit. Uh, the beers we did. Oh, we the show with Jezza. Brilliant, yeah. Um, because. You've had those beers for a couple of years and we'd spoken about it more than once. We'd gone through various iterations in our mind about how that show could come about. Well, you you were doing all you could to avoid doing that show. Yes. Yeah. yeah, And, and you know, rightly so. I mean, come on. Um, but we then got the right person, the right third wheel to be part of that show. And it wasn't. What didn't surprise me the most wasn't the fact that actually 
the beers didn't make me ill. The beers didn't taste dreadful. It was that lesson we had from Jez about pouring. And how to make them look good, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also, but by making them look good, they actually, they, they taste nice. Our, t- our first beer, three of us pour it. You and I had the flattest of flat beers. Jezza has a beer. looks like it's been poured with a bloody sparkler. Yeah, I know. He, the, the man knows how to pour a beer, doesn't yes. he? And we should have picked up on this before because, you know, when we did do our horizontal tasting with him, he did do the pouring and he bought the glassware. And we were in Dublin that time when uh, the guy, the, the, you know, the owner of Delirium said to, said, said to Podrick, no, I'll, I'll pour. And he did a very similar pour, didn't he? Yeah. Where it's that very high, big gap between bottle and glass um, to extenuate and get it activated, etc. And that was a bit of a revelation because I actually don't do that often enough because, you know, I'm very much that the way you've seen it on TV, pour it down the side very slowly. And for some beers, maybe that's not the right way. But it was a really fun show. I mean, between us, we drank, what, 14, 15 beers from 1980, 1981 for the Royal Wedding in 1981. The amount of, we couldn't find out much about a lot of them. No, that was a struggle um, as well. Sometimes we could, we even struggled to find out a bit about the breweries who yeah. made them. Two thirds of those breweries don't exist. Um, and some of them don't exist in their own independent right anymore. But it was ultimately just really good fun, that one. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, I, um, I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, um, I, I still want to know where that Belgian stash of Jesses is, but still. We'll find know, it. One we'll day, we, one we day. will find it, yeah. Um, I do have one other show, but do you have anything? So I've, I, don't I've, know if the, I don't know if this next one will be a snap. So well, I've got two more. Go uh, first one I'm going to mention is a very recent show, and that was the special that we did with Jamie from Fine. I really, really enjoyed that time that, that, that we had with him. But also more so for me was my revelation in planning that show that Fine Hours had been around for 20 years because I didn't realise. I, I honestly didn't realise I had been around for 20 years. Full disclosure, nor did I. So, and, and it was, it, again, as, as the man that runs that, that, that brewery, for him to give up his time to talk to us and to talk through everything that they do. And there was a real level of honesty and humility in, in, in there as well, I think, in, in terms of, of, of what they do and what they're trying to do. I really, really enjoyed that show. And I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed it was as short as it was because I could have chatted to Jamie for a lot longer. Yeah, but the next time I chat to Jamie, I want it to be while I'm up at Fine Ales in Argyle, to okay. be honest. F- fair enough. Because you 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 added that picture that they had from the drone. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought one of my pictures of the beers in my kitchen just wasn't going to do that show justice. So I actually said to, to, to Ian, do you have a picture of the brewery? And he sent me that picture and I was like, that's it. We, <laughs> we need to use that. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that one. Now... My last one, I'm, I'm going to go in with my last one um, b- before you do with yours. And that was um, Opinions 152 Respect, which was the first show that you and I recorded together in about eight months, was it? No, longer than no, that. No, longer than that. About 18 months. Yeah. We, we actually recorded it in person. And I'll, I'll take your reaction on the screen there as being... That was probably your last highlight as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 152, Respect. Uh, we got to drink these. We got to do it in person and we drank 
these beers that have been sent to us from the US. And thanks to Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely um, brilliant. Well, yeah. uh, who sent us beers twice, as it turns out. So, yeah. again, twice the amount of thanks. And, yes, that was our first in-person recording since we did that double-up recording back in March pre-pandemic and lockdown number one. Yeah, because we suspected something was coming. So we doubled up on the recordings. We had content. And then we also had the Budvar content that we could use. And that was when we then went remote. But it, it was it was lovely to be able to do that in person again. And I think even more so recently when we did the beer cocktails episode, which I think people have said you could tell you could tell we were enjoying ourselves do, doing that as, as, as well. And hopefully there's more of that to come in, in, in 2022 as well. Yeah, definitely. And I do want to say a big thank you again to Graham for sending us those beers twice. Once because it got lost in inverted commas at Stansted and then they arrived about three days after the, se- the second package he sent to us caught through. Um, so very kind to just literally do that. Um, you know, and anyone who sent us beers in the past, we, and this isn't the first time we've had it, but it's just from the furthest afield we've yeah. had it. Um we, we, we never take it for granted. We never take it for granted, especially when it's from a listener and then they will say, well, you know, you've given us X amount of shows and enjoyment for, without wanting anything in return. And yeah, doesn't half make those beers taste good when some, you know, someone's gone to those lengths. So yeah, thank you, Graham. Uh, love it. And I know that you're a big fan also of uh, Russian River. So if you do get a chance, I would definitely recommend you listen to that Points of Brew because uh, although you may have heard it, it's actually a really good interview. So I reckon you really enjoy that one. It's a, a great chat. I've not had a chance to listen yet, but it is on my list of things to do. It was just a really, it was just really good. And the guy from Russian River was so open and honest about stuff. It's just well worth a listen. Yeah. That's the end of our first look back at the yeah. last year. There's a lot more to come of this 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 week. We've both finished the wheat wine. What were your thoughts on that, mate, at, at the end? It just got easier to drink. Didn't it just? Just smoother and easier and tastier. And it that ticked a lot of boxes for me. Yeah, I mean, because I'm like you, wheat wines, again, a bit like when we had the Hefeweizen conversation, I'm sure there's probably more wheat wines out there than you and I are aware of and very good ones. I'm sure if they're in the same ballpark as that one, it's a very dangerous drink. Like I said, for me, it was definitely, it wasn't a triple IPA. Maybe it was fresh. It was definitely between that barley wine and Belgium triple because it had that little bit of funk, mm-hmm. um, really subtle, but again, a bit like those Belgian beers. So well-rounded, so easy to drink, but yeah, it definitely had a bit of, classic barley wine notes as well and i'm quite glad i've had it now i'm not sure where it would go if you were aging it further i'm not sure which, which where it would i think it felt right now in, yeah. in terms of the condition how it felt how it tasted how it finished I, I i felt as though that was almost perfect yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that as well so again thanks phil for sending that and a few other beers down Looking forward to enjoying the others over the festive period, actually. Let's move on to what is a Beer O'Clock Show Opinions annual tradition, which is the opening of last year's Fuller's Vintage Owl. And while we open this and drink this, we are going to go through our awards for this year. So we'll be looking at our beery highlights. We'll be looking at our brewery of the year. We'll be looking at our beer of the year. But before all of that, 
let's get into last year's Fuller's Vintage Hour. This is 2020. Now, I've not checked my untapped check-in for this last year, but I do remember enjoying this one fresh. Yep, yeah, uh, because obviously 2018 out of all the recent ones has been the pinnacle for both you and I. I mean, you, oh, you can't say enough good things about 2018. 2019, when we had it fresh, we weren't loving it. No, as I recall. And it didn't really come on so much the following year. I mean, the 2018, I've recently done 2018 again as part of my 50 beers for 50 years. And I am glad to report back that it is still fucking fantastic as a, a vintage as, as well. Um, it's still, it's aging beautifully. And I think I've still got two more bottles of that in my cellar as well. So there's, I've still got some time to go with trying that. I mean, I tell you, I do joke and laugh sometimes about the traditions that Steve introduces. The Fuller's one is a very good one to do. Isn't it just, though? It's because it's like we know, both you and I know, that over this Christmas period, we'll probably drink the 2021 if we haven't already. So we'll, we'll I, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I'm planning, I think I'm planning Christmas Day for, for mine this year. Anyway. Um, but enough about, enough about your Christmas Day breakfast. <laughs> we, drink, we drink fresh and then we drink a year on. It's a, yeah. it's a tr- tradition that we do on the show. The 2020 is in the glass. Um, it's looking fabulous. It's looking like it always does. It's dark. It's ruby. It's, it's, it's all sorts of beautiful. Oh. oh, hang on. I'm picking up a touch of vinegar on the nose there. Or is that, is that just me? No, there is a... Um... Almost like a, I was going to say a duchess quality. Yeah. Oh, that's possibly come out of the left field. Let's let's try it. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Well, thankfully, it's not on the flavour. No, although no, I do like I do, I do I do like duchess. Um, I mean, the conditioning is fantastic, isn't it? The, yeah, that that little bit of um, twang that was perhaps on the nose hasn't come through on the flavour at all. No, but I will say that it's it's still quite bitter. It's still quite woody and earthy. Dry it, as well. It's not started to soften yet. No. In any way, has it? No. This actually, because uh, 2018, again, let's use that as our benchmark. That was fruity and fresh the first time and other times we've had it. This one feels like, almost like it's been poured straight from the wooden cast now. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. It's got definitely a woody, earthy quality to it. This one feels like there's a lot to come. I think this will. I, I think more will happen with this in, in in years to come, and I'm looking forward to to that as I always do with the the, the Fuller's vintages. While we're enjoying this, though, we are going to look back over our beery highlights of, of, of the year. We don't necessarily award a winner in this category. This is things that we've just enjoyed doing. What we are going to do straight away is take out two outliers in, in, in this discussion. Number one is we're going to try not to mention Sierra Nevada, Ken Grossman episode. <laughs> and number two, we're also going to try not to mention Red Danson and the whole series of events that happened around that they're givens for us this year they are two beery highlights that we may never replicate but will always have a very very special moment in our hearts oh yeah definitely i've got no other highlights i'm done steve uh, (laughs) yes other than that (laughs) what what else have you got mate we've we've got to have a couple each on this i'm not sure there's going to be any crossover here um, uh, I've got a few distinct ones. Actually, looking at it, 
looking at my list, maybe there's one crossover in there. Okay, yeah. But my, let's my, see how we go. Yeah, none of the things I've got on here you were involved in. Oh, okay, there's no crossovers then. In, in, okay, in that so... Case. Uh, first Fuck one you be... then! I'm going to cross off the things that you were involved in. Well, that's not yeah. very nice, is it? No, if you're not some... if you're not involving me in your highlights, <laughs> they, they never happened. First pint of cast beer, Monday, twelfth of April, when we were allowed back out again, and we were allowed to sit out and freeze our proverbials off again. As it happened, Monday, twelfth of April, at least in the south of England, was quite a nice day. Went for a walk with George, and I saw and heard a bit of noise at the pub at the end of the road and thought, go on then. Sat there in the sunshine and had three pints of cast beer at lunchtime and literally thought it was the most wonderful experience ever. So that, I mean, it took till mid-April for the first beery highlight to arrive after the aforementioned one, which we shall never mention again. So first pint of cast beer is my first beery highlight, mate. Okay, so... I also had a pint of cast beer on that day, but I don't think it quite matched up to yours. Um, But bearing in mind that you didn't include me in any of your beery highlights, my first beery highlight of the year is going to be that pint that I had at the Thornbridge Taproom. Oh, so the, your your recent visit to Bakewell? Yeah, in in October. Have you just have you just was that never on your list? And you no, decided no. to put it in now. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's on my list. It's it's on my list, mate. Um, all trolling aside, the, the 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 fact that I was able to to, to visit the the, the Thornbridge Taproom was 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 a bonus for me anyway. But <laughs> just being able to upset you by drinking cast Jai Poor <laughs> just takes that to another level. Um, no, uh, seriously, that's that's one of my top moments of the year. Was uh, I, I've had a lot of delicious cask beer this year. Most of it from from the Vic in in, in Colchester because y- y- you know Rich will probably thank me. He may not for blowing smoke up his ass, but. I enjoy drinking their cask beer because they keep it well. But that pint of, of Thornbridge Jaipur through a sparkler at the taproom was just amazing. It, it was it was amazing. I have a question, though. Have you forgiven your longtime friend, Jim, who only until recently told you there was a direct bus literally from where he lives to the taproom? Not yet, mate. I'm I'm still I'm still working on why he hasn't told me that before now. It's it's really yeah, I don't I, understand. I, I, well, I think the answer is very simple, is because Steve goes up there with the boys to visit. Where's Steve? Oh, he's on the bus. Ah, oh, he's on and the way. And also to Jim doesn't like Jaipur, so there's there's no, an no, issue I there. Like, yeah, I mean I like Jim, but there's still a I remember when we <laughs> when the first time I met him in Sheffield, you know, yeah. I'm I, I'm waxing lyrical about Jaipur and I can't wait to get back to the, the Sheffield tap at the train station. And it's definitely not wet, what he wanted to drink. <laughs> that That's my first highlight. I'm going to go straight into my second highlight because this is a combination of things and it's probably stretching the boundaries a little bit. But it, it ties kind of into that first highlight and that is brewery visits in general. So I've been lucky enough this year to go to Round Corner. Are, che- are you cheating here? Yeah. I, I've been lucky enough to go to Round Corner utopian elusive i've added siren to this list but i still don't remember being there and there's still very little photographic evidence of me being there but apparently i was there and also thornbridge so so i've been lucky enough to visit five really really great brewery tap rooms this year and to drink from them and i really couldn't separate those into saying one was any better than the other um because 
there's never a better opportunity to drink beer than from the source. So all five of those are on an equal par for me. And yes, I'm cheating, but it's it's my rules and I'll stretch them. Uh, yeah, I remember being called out when I cheated on the uh, one of the fantasy shows about vintage ale. You got called out by the by the listeners, mate, not by me. That's true. Um, it sort of dovetails with my next one. So I, I went to Leeds in the summer with a group of guys that I've been going see, away See, now with. I hate you again. Now I want to just say how good that pint of Jaipur was. Just again. because I said the word Leeds. Yes. <laughs> um, and obviously, the you know, I went up to Leeds. I'd already sorted it all out with mates and said, okay, we'll meet in this pub, two minutes walk from the station, the banker's cat. So, you know, good starting point. But the whole about the, the main thing about the Friday was going over to see uh, Russ Amity and getting out of, you know, Leeds town centre because that's city centre, because that's where we were going to spend the next day and a half anyway. And it was lovely to see what, uh, given that we'd spoken to Russ about what his vision was and seeing what that was like there. And how, again, to say to Rebecca what you said, to have the beers at the source, it always adds something. And I'm not even sure whether it's even real. It may just be perception, but you are so close to where, you know, the beer has been produced. Um, and again, it was, you know, it was a weather-wise, it was a sunny evening, sitting outside and just, again, being able to relax. It was only, we were still weren't able to fully relax. You know, when you went indoors, uh, I think we were still on table service and you had to wear your mask when you walked around. Um, but the outside bit definitely felt, okay, things are getting better again. But then just the whole experience of Leeds and referencing our previous conversation, not all of my, my friends who I go away with are necessarily beery, but they've always appreciated the time and effort I go to get us to places and try and get us to places which still appreciate a lot of things about it, not just, you know, the, the beery side. So they actually fought Amity. They really enjoyed that evening, really enjoyed it. Um, when we when we went to a few places in Leeds during the day on Saturday, they really enjoyed it. I know you said it, Steve, that you, you know, you perhaps should have been born in that neck of the woods. It's so different to where we live. So different to where we live. The buildings, the architecture, the roads, the people. Everyone was really friendly as well. Really enjoyed it. And on the Sunday, got the chance to meet up with um, James at Gammon Barron, Gareth Barrel Age Leeds, and spent about seven hours in Brew York in Leeds before going to North Bar. And then I thought I was done with Leeds until... Um, my my meta power destroyed the train network in the north of England on the on the Monday, and I ended up spending five hours rather than thirty minutes in the banker's cat. But yeah, any trip to Leeds, I fail to understand that how that can't be a beery highlight. My next one, um, in in a similar sort of way, but not all, was was going to a place to enjoy that place and to get the most out of it, which was a weekend that M and I had in Southwold, of which we spent the entire time in the Sol Bay Inn drinking ghost ship. I was going to say, it was hardly worth booking the Airbnb, mate. We, we, we went to the pier, we walked along the front, we had a look in the Adnams tap room, and that was about it. We, we literally, this, it, was, it was the Sunday, we were in the Sol Bay Inn from 
five minutes after it opened until about an hour before it closed. We had lunch and dinner in there and we drank lots of beer. I love that pub. Um, I love where it is. I love the fact it's under the lighthouse. And obviously the fact that you've got an entire array of Adnams beers on draft, in, 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 including Cask Ghost Ship, which I drank more than my body weight on. So that for me, that's got to be up there as, as a highlight this year. Um, it couldn't be anything else than being a highlight of, of, of my year. I'm going to go straight into my next one as, as, as well. And this may, this may catch you out a little bit because it's been a year of reacquainting ourselves with how things are and um, getting used to this phrase of a new normal. Now, I've, I've still not made it back to our Essex bottle share. For, for a number of reasons, which I'm still missing, but I'm, I'm hoping to get back soon. But there, there was a moment for me in the summer where it felt like normality was coming back. And that was when we had this year's Clayfest. I wasn't there. So you, literally, I was the only person missing for the regular crowd. And you've named that. You've name checked that. Mate, it was an incredible day. Um, Clayton outdid himself in terms of the array of food that he served. And the fact that the last course was served just after midnight <laughs> as, as well is, is testament to how much this man puts in to, to, to produce that. But for, for me, you put all of that to one side, put that to one side, put the beers to one side. It was the fact that I got to reconnect with people that I haven't seen in, in so long. And other, than, other than on the other side of the screen as we were doing their bottle share virtually, yeah, weren't we? And, and, and that, that, was, that was great for me. I, I really, really enjoyed Clayfest this year. And I'm sorry you weren't there, mate. And I'm sorry that I also forgot that you weren't there. Um, but it was great. So does that mean that you haven't got anything on your list which, which actually involves me then? Uh, my last one involves you, yes. Oh, okay. And that does tie into my next one, which was the return to bottle share. We had a bit of a soft return in August where five or six of us just sat outside. But then September, October, November and December have all been back in the alehouse. I reserved a big table. And I mentioned it before. We had one recently where we had 13, 14 people come along and a few newbies as well, which was just wonderful that despite the fact it's been going since February 2015, there are still people wanting to come along and join us, which I think is wonderful because then you refresh the group again. Um, so that has definitely been a highlight returning back to Bottle Share. Um, proper I've got one more and that was um, and I, I, it's something which we'd spoken about and I can't remember why you couldn't make it but um, the Harwich Beer Festival at, at the Redoubt Fort um, I was on holiday mate it just it oh, was that when you were holiday in, yeah yeah in uh, Devon yeah yeah um, and again this was the first day after then I had tested positive but I was allowed back out again um, so I'd been in the house basically for three weeks. So to do that bit of traveling, loved it. Get to Harwich, meet up with mate Carl, spend some time with my son as well and sit outside in the sunshine. It was the best day of the three days that they do the weekend. Um, drinking some lovely beers in a, love, in a setting that I've talked about before, so I won't go over it again. And then, as is the law, because I was going back via Colchester, I had to get off at Colchester. I then had to walk 10 minutes in the wrong direction to the Vic and spend a bit of time there. Got to see Rich again. And yeah, that that's, you know, it's just, again, wonderful going to a beer festival, spending time with people, 
and been out of the house. It was that, and that for me was a real moment because I've been in the house for three weeks. So it was it was lovely just yeah. to be back out, back out in the wild, so to speak. So, so yeah, that that's I'm gonna put that down as my last one. Okay, so and it's really interesting because my last one is the complete opposite of that. Because in a year where we have been able to go out and experience festivals and drinking with friends and being with people again. One of the real highlights for me this year was our Opinions and Friends Weekender that, that we did, where we went for the most ambitious online event that we have ever conceived. So massive thanks at this point to Andrew and Luke from River and Brews for doing a Friday night session for us, Lee from Brew York for giving us a virtual brewery tour and staying with us for the rest of that day drinking, and to Rob Edwards on the Sunday for doing oh, oh. social distancing sounds live, which I know so many people loved that. But around that, we also did a number of other sessions that we just thought, yeah, fuck it, why not? Um, it was supposed to be the weekend that we were going to do the summer sesh. We knew it wasn't going to happen. We wanted something in its place. We went big and it almost destroyed us. And, and then to, to add to that, we then had to record on the Monday night <laughs> as, 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 as well. As far as planning goes, it wasn't our best on that no, respect. No, but I, I loved that entire weekend. I thought it was great. The amount of people that engaged with us, the different things that we did across the weekend, we tried different things. You, you know, we were at a point where we knew that the whole online Zoom stuff was tired and people had had enough of it, but we tried to make it fun for people and I, and I think we did that and I I really really enjoyed that weekend it was almost like a farewell to the zoom gathering yeah as, as, as well hopefully it is in that respect and yes I mean thanks to the people who made it less about us so River and Brews, Lee from Brew York, Rob Edwards all of those things combined to make it something which we could be part of without having to take a lead as well that Sunday social distancing sound was just awesome with the music Rob was playing and just having him chat in between and apologies to Rob. There probably wasn't enough interaction from us because we were all just sort of sitting back, taking it all in as if we'd been listening to his, his what was his you know regular release on Mixcloud and just going, oh, this is wonderful. And then he came up and said, oh, this is the last track. What? Yeah. What? We're, we're only just getting going. Yeah. It was it was sitting watching the people's faces. And, and in a lot of instances, a lot of the people that were on that session were literally just nodding along to the yeah. music. <laughs> and but the smiles, the smiles that were on people's faces during that session. And I I I've I love what Rob does with social distancing sounds. And I can understand why we don't get it so regularly anymore. Yeah. But but that was great. And 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 I think. You know what? I'm going to throw this out there. This is news to you. Let's commit to doing a social distancing sounds live with Rob again at some point next year. Yeah, even if it has to have a rebrand for the yeah. uh, appropriate times, I would love that. It, it, that's, uh, that is a really good shout. I mean, I purposely named, I wanted to name check stuff, which I did out of the house, I have to admit. That's, that, that's fair enough. The times have changed. Things, things are moving on. Those Those are just our highlights of the year. So that's the first one out of the way. Let's move on to the big awards, which are the brewery and the beer of the year. Let's start off, as tradition dictates, with brewery of the year. We're going to do honourable mentions and then our winner. 
as, as, as always. So, Martin, I'm going to hand over to you first of all. Who are your honourable mentions this year for Brewery of the Year? I mean, honourable mentions could actually run to quite a long show. <laughs> How long have you got? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we haven't actually planned enough beers for us to do that. So I've only, I'm only going to give a couple. And Hang on. Can I just butt in? How difficult did you find it this year? Because I found particularly Brewery of the Year this year to be the most difficult decision I've ever made. I actually found it harder than I have done before because, and maybe it is part of the whole consequence of COVID, the quality of small pack beers I've had at home has been so good across so many different breweries that the two I've landed on are also two of the ones I've had the most a lot of the time. And there are so many reasons for them, but I, I could have given you a dozen and still gone, Oh bloody hell. I've left out so-and-so and so-and-so mm-hmm. and someone else. Yeah. Um, locally. I love the Leon C beers. It's a tap room that I can walk to, and therefore it's a tap room I can stumble back from. It's going to be take me a little while, or if I'm lucky enough, uh, Michelle will pick me up. Um, all of their beers are true to style. All of their beers always come across well, whether it be keg, cask, bottle, or can. But I do really, really enjoy their beers. I mean, their flagship beer, Legra, 3.8% Citra Pale Ale, is just superb. Going up to the SS9, they're in peace out, you know, really drinkable, love what they do. And they've really worked hard in the outdoor taproom space as well, just because of everything that's happened to give them a fighting chance of survival as well. So they definitely get a mention. And then, and this may be a shock to, to not many people because we do reference both the owner and the beers but he wasn't, and the brewery wasn't in this honourable mention until very recently. Elusive Brew. And the reason why they became... I, the I on- know exactly why. <laughs> I know, because it's like you're reading my script right now. <laughs> um, I went to the Vic <laughs> the other week on the way up for a night out in Ipswich and um, met up with my son. And again... As law dictates, I have to go to the Vic. And I was still, and I was fully expecting this being no longer to be available. They had Oregon Trail on cask. And thankfully, through Steve's hard work and research, very recently, I had a fairly good idea that I'd probably like it. And I didn't like it. Fucking loved it. It took that beer in a whole different direction, but I didn't think it would do that on cask um so yeah just literally having two pints of oregon trail on cask got elusive brewing to honorable mentions or they would always have been on that list of breweries that i want to mention but we can't spend the whole night name checking everyone but i had no idea that you could go from well, i'd only had it on can before you've presumably had it from the tap now steve at the brewery. I've had um, keg, cask and can. Yeah. Now. So my only experience was small pack and can. Yeah. It's a different beast on cask. This, and this again, ridiculously so as well. To, to reference what you said earlier, obviously it was dispensed and had been looked after brilliantly by the Vic. 
And for a couple of minutes, I just sat there drinking. And my son was quite happy because it meant he could be on his phone, not having to listen to his dad talk about beer in the pub. Um, yeah, that's almost solely the reason why they are in the top two of the honourable mentions was because of that. I've really struggled with this category this year. And I'm going to have to tell a little story here right right, right now to, to, to the point. So I've tried to uh, deploy spreadsheets and algorithms and all sorts to tell me what my brewery of the year was. And none of them really did it. Um, so so I, I had a spreadsheet and that didn't work. And so I, I downloaded my untapped stats and I got a list of breweries and then I was like, okay, so how many beers have I had from those breweries? Right, X amount. So we divide that by their total rating, divided by their total number of unique beers, X amount. And every time the top results were returning to me and I'm like, no, they're not my <laughs> breweries of the year. They're not. I can't trust the, I can't trust the maths on this. And what you're not, saying is you can't trust the data. Apologies for this, but my honourable mentions stretch to six breweries and um, so i limited myself to two and you're going to do six uh, six because they all come out on a on the same score on every algorithm that i do you did a lot of cheating tonight uh, okay all right no, okay go on no no no, no 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 okay i'm no, gonna I come to hear the six you want to hear the six? six yes okay uh brew york abbeydale round corner utopian thornbridge and Colonel, that that they are the honourable mentions. It makes me really curious what your brewery is now. Well, I'm I'm, I'm sure it will do. Should we do? You, do you want me to go straight into what my brewery of the year is as, as a result of that? Okay, so that left me with a top three. Now, out of that top three, the top two, I kind of had to not disqualify but discount them. So, in in terms of the algorithm that I set up. My what what should be my brewery of the year in terms of their score is Adnams, who came out with the highest score. Because you every ghost ship you checked in in Southwell was a five. Every ghost ship that I checked in is five. Every board side that I check in is a five. But then I actually looked at, and this is this is not putting down Adnams in any way, shape, or form. I actually looked at what their output was this year in terms of new beers, and there were very little. So I was yeah, like, a couple of collabs, weren't it? Yeah. How how can they be my brewery of the year based on beers that they consistently produce every year? So I discounted them. Went down to the next one, Sierra Nevada. I was like, okay, same problem. I've had no new Sierra Nevada beers this year. Every beer that I've had is the same beer that I've had every other time. It's been really good. So I discounted them as well which brought me down to only one possible brewery that it could be in, in terms of the amount of beers that I've tried new from them this year and that have continued to impress me. And you're looking really confused right now. Yeah, because I'm thinking about your six honourable mentions plus the two you've discounted. Okay, so who's the one brewery I've not mentioned, mate? That's what I'm going through in my head. I'm trying to think who it is. No, go on elusive it came down to a number of factors so it came down to how many new beers have i had from that brewery this year now every beer that elusive have bought out this year i've enjoyed every single one of them and i've done oregon trail in all of its formats and I, i'm sorry but I, I make no apologies but what andy does is fantastic and 
his beers are great. And, and, and for me, he has to be my brewery of the year. I don't think you'll get many arguments either from this side of the screen, Steve, or from my listeners on that one. Maybe the convoluted, complicated way you spent the last three weeks getting to that point. <laughs> Honestly, mate, every, every variation of the algorithm that I did gave me a result that I didn't want. And, I mean, and sometimes what, you've got to go with your heart, haven't you? Yeah, and also, I mean, what Elusive have done is some banging collaborations as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was all downhill after Red Dancing for them, but, you know, the rest of them are all right as well. I mean, that yeah. Rock Leopard pining for change was fantastic. And they seem to have been churning out at least one a month on the yeah. collaboration front. So, yeah. no, like I said, you're not going to get many arguments about that, are you? No. So, so who are your brewery of the year? Because I've done mine now. We've, we've still not heard from you. Uh, my brewery of the year was in your honourable mentions. I'm going to call Utopian. Yes. Uh, pretty much the same reason that you've given to Elusive. I haven't had a bad beer from Utopian. And what they do with the lager style, also they were part of the lager special. And just listening to Rich talk about it a bit more, a bit more detail about the Reforss, the whole thing with the British ingredients. And I'm not going to bang on about the whole Cernay as well, because that still blows my mind. But I had a um, can of the uh, Fest beer recently and still bloody loved it, just two months on from when it was released. And, you know, again, it, it, they just make such clean, good, different, interesting versions of lager very much focused on what British ingredients can we use to achieve this? What can we alter? What can we change? That kind of stuff. I can't, I can't, can't praise them highly enough. It's the layers for me, the, the, the layers of flavour that you get in their beer. You, you get an initial hit and then there's something else and then there's a bit more and then there's a finish. Yeah. And, and, and that's what they do so well. And again, they've sort of set themselves a very, what, from the outside looking in, look like a really narrow bandwidth to work with. Yeah. British ingredients, lager. And, then, and I'm thinking, where do you go? How often can you do this? But they have a bit pretty good, I say pretty good, very good core range of beers. And then every so often they bring out a special, another special, you know, the Rainbok. I mean, how good was that beer? When we talk about dangerously drinkable. It's so good. That yeah. Yeah. And, and the surname, I mean, we banged on. We've banged on about Budvar Dark for years. Surname has smashed it out of the park in terms of its flavour profile, its aroma, its drinkability, pretty much still in the same ABV ballpark. And I thought Bud, Budvar was the benchmark. Utopian Surname has taken it on. Um, so, yeah, brewery of the year for me is Utopian. So we've got Utopian and Elusive. As our brewers of the year, congratulations. They uh, get a nice, shiny, imaginary trophy. If, if Pres they want. Presumably, that means they now have to do a collaboration with us. Well, that's what happened last year, wasn't it? Yeah. So, sorry, Andy. <laughs> yeah, so, so, sorry, Rich. Uh, we're going to impart ourselves upon you to create next year's most tasty beer. Talking of which, let's move on to, I suppose, the big one, which is our beer of the year this year so okay, so what did what what methodology did you d deploy for this one steve just what i liked the most so this one was very subjective for me and it was purely down to what i tasted and what i enjoyed so my honorable mentions um 
there are three in my honourable mentions. Uh, the first one was a very, very early shout in this past year, which was a collaboration beer that I had, and it blew my mind, which is appropriate, really, because it's called Mind Games, and that was Thornbridge and Firestone Walker who produced this. It was a gin, oh, gin. barrel-aged saison that was just incredible. And I think that was back in February. That was, but it stuck with me throughout the year. So that's up there as an honourable mention. My next honourable mention was a beer that when I first tasted it, I was like, this is absolutely going to be my beer of the year. And that was Evil 3 from Heretic, which was that triple IPA from the States that was just everything and more. That that was so good. How good was that beer? I know. So so good that we ordered so much of it and ended up drinking (laughs) so much of it. I've still got one can. That, oh mate, why haven't you drunk that yet? That's like, like surely barley wine by now. Surely. I I still reckon it's gonna be good. And and then my third honorable mention was um a beer that and this is very much in the same vein as as what you just um said in terms of your brewery of the year. I didn't think this beer was going to get a shout in this year because it was just a beer that I had begun to enjoy and it became a staple of my beery diet. And then I tried the cask version and that was Oregon Trail, <laughs> which was a, to a point it nearly became my beer of the year again, purely based on that cask version because it was so good and it took it to a different level, but it didn't quite make it. So, but it, it still needs a mention in, in terms of the cask Oregon Trail is an amazing beer. Yeah. And if I hadn't said enough, it just shows the skill of Andy as a brewer and elusive as a team that they can take a beer, which is essentially small pack. And that has translated very well to keg as you had, but then to take it in a different direction and pretty much deliver what felt like it had the characteristics, but it did feel like a very different, beer. different beer. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Really. Yeah. I mean, that's really good. I mean, those are some great shouts there. I mean, there's some really great shouts. So what are, you, what, what are your honourable mentions, mate? Let's have them. My, so just to be clear, my beer of the year is based on one style and one style only. It's okay. West, it's basically a West Coast IPA is all I'm doing here. I make no apologies for that because people know that's generally our style, but also def, definitely the style I go to. Um, and basically, first honourable mention is a step up from my beer of the year last year. It's Imperial Eagle, isn't it? That's the one. Yes. Um, I bloody love this. I mean, when when uh, Lee and Brew York announced that Imperial Eagle was out, I was going, right, all over this, how much of it can I order? And I've ordered it at least twice so far. And I did have a little bit of trepidation because obviously Big Eagle, the 7% plus version was my beer of the year. Loved the 6.4% version. I was a little bit worried that maybe the 9% would like disappoint and it didn't. It I don't had, think it did, no. no. It had all of the characteristics that I wanted from that beer, from Big Eagle and Big Eagle 2020, and more. And again, despite all the crazy and wacky beers that Brew York do, they can big up an IPA, big up a West Coast IPA and deliver it, and it tasted absolutely superb. 
and maybe not a million miles away from that was the Abbeydale Deliverance 100 minute IPA. That was so close for me. <laughs> that was so close. Um, it really was. When you uh, retweeted um, Jim's little teaser about it, I was going, I want that. Messaged you directly. How much are we ordering? <laughs> How much of this can we get as soon as possible? And again, it didn't fail to deliver. It absolutely delivered on what I expected it to be based on my main reference point, which is Dogfish Head. Yeah. Absolutely L- delivered. Literally, mate, if I look at my list in front of me, so I've, I've got my top beers, so I've got my honourable mentions, which I already did. I've got my top beer, which is still to come. But then the next two under my honourable mentions are Abbeydale Deliverance and Brew York Imperial Eagle. <laughs> if, 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 if we are not cut from the same cloth... <laughs> Then, then I don't know what is. Uh, it's it's mad, isn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do quite. I do like that. That's that's brilliant. That yeah. is. But yeah, both both of those beers absolutely delivered on their promise, one hundred percent. Which is almost a shame that they ended up as honourable mentions. But I am wondering whether we might have a snap on the beer of the year. I'm. I'm really in, intrigued because you said all of your beers of the year are West Coast. So is yours not? No, it's it's, it's really not. Okay, and we haven't got a snap then. So in which case then I need to know, Steve. What no, is no, 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 oh. no. You no, you do yours first because because okay. you're there. You're you're already in on the West Coast. Pliny the Elder. Uh, I didn't. I, I didn't think you would have considered that, but uh, it was. Everything I wanted it to be, everything I hoped it would be, and everything that I thought I'd never get to try. So and that's all thanks to Graham that we that, managed to get hold of those bottles as well. Yes, and it is all thanks to Graham. And you know, he 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 bought those beers pretty fresh, and they ended up in the UK, maybe not as fresh, but it seems that wherever they were stored seemed to be fairly cold because. Box one, which came after box two, I loved the beer. So everything that people have spoken about, and even with my changes, my my taste, the way my taste have changed over years, the way my taste have evolved, it ticked so many boxes, and it was so easy to drink. I've still got two of the bottles empty at home. Um, I when I looked back, I think. I suppose a little bit like the Ken interview. I never thought I'd drink Pliny. I thought I'd actually have to go to the West Coast of America, near to San Francisco, to get hold of that beer. And yet someone who I haven't met, who I've interacted with on Twitter, who listens to the show, volunteered just to send it over. So maybe that, that, that may also have played a part in it. And I think I gave it 4.75 out of 5 and untapped. And I was asked why it wasn't a 5. Literally, the only reason it's not a 5 is because I'm not at the Russian River Brewing Tap Room drinking, drinking that. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be... Get that, get that totally. That would be literally everything. And that would be the same for you and I if we were drinking Sierra Nevada in Chico as well. It'd yeah. be that moment. A bit like you said. You, you basically gave all of your ghost ship check-ins at the Soul Bay Inn, five out of five. Yeah, it's, you're never, you're it, never going to get a better, 
version of ghost ship? No, it's provenance. It's where you were. It's the fact that you were sitting at a table where you could look at where you were going to go be- to bed. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't order an Uber, you know, and literally walk through the Uber to get to your cottage door. Yeah. Um, it's one of those moments which I didn't think would happen in my beery adventure that I would get the chance to drink Pliny over here in a bottle from someone I haven't met. Brilliant. So that's that's my one. So does that mean you're now questioning what mine is? Because my, mine has been locked in for a long time. Yes. And, 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 I, and I actually thought you might have an idea as to what my beer might be. Well, I thought we may end up on the same one because, again, it was a while ago. I want to say surname. Damn you. You're so right. It really, <laughs> it absolutely is. It's, it's, it's Utopia and Cherno. Um, that beer is just fucking incredible. Uh, and I've drunk a lot of it this year. Again, you have done your research, Steve. You know, I was lucky enough to go and visit Rich at the brewery and have a look around and he gave us some beers. But that, that beer just ticks so many boxes for me. And I'll be honest, when we did this show last year, it had just been released and it almost toppled Oregon Trail from my beer of the year last year because it was so good. But I, I just, I couldn't not give it to Oregon Trail last year. But this year, I, I was literally like, from the first time I've tried it to the last time I've tried it, it's been everything that I want from that style of beer. And again... Oregon Trail on cask almost pushed it off of the top point for me because I was like, oh, God, that beer is so good. But then I was like, yeah, but Cherney, it's so good. So good. So, so yeah, my, my beer is Utopian Cherney yeah, because it's just fucking incredible. Yeah, ultimately, when you said it was on the West Coast and the Pliny thing, and I thought, he's drunk a lot of Cherney this year. And, and you check in everyone as well. Yeah. And you wax lyrical every time about it. It's, but sometimes don't you think that a beer deserves to be shouted about if it's that good every oh, time de- you drink it? Definitely. I mean, if it's a know. five every time you drink it, why should you not shout about it? Oh, I definitely agree. Do you know what the biggest regret for me at the moment is still that I still haven't had really Utopian on tap. So take away. Oh, God, if I could get Cherney on tap. So, oh, um, I did have Cherney. I think, did I have Cherney on tap? I might have had Cherney on tap at the Leon C Beer Festival. I might have had it on tap there because Matt often gets in as a guest beer, something from Utopian. Oh, oh no, you wasn't there. But we did, we nitroed Cherney <laughs> at Clayfest. We put it through a nitro pour and it just took it to another fucking level. <laughs> it's so good, honestly. But 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 yeah. I, I, I mean, I love that beer, and I, I I'm it, it's still I, I still get a little tear in my eye when I see the three thirty mil cans. But I think they're going through the production cycle, and I think we're going to see the four forty mils again soon because that's that's the measure that I want of that beer. Your beer of the year, my brewery of the year, and our respective honourable mentions. Again, if a case of beer, if a case of beer turned up just from those breweries and those beers with name checks, I'd be a bloody happy man. Wouldn't we just? Wouldn't we just? But there are so many beers and so many breweries I've left off. So, so, same here, and 
obviously we had a lot of input into this from our listeners as well. But before we get to that, let's get some final thoughts on the Vintage Owl from last year, which you became immeasurably drinkable for me the more it went on. I was gonna I was actually gonna say that because you know those uh you know that aroma that we said about early on. Yeah. And a little bit of that has come from wood and cask. Both those notes fell away. The more I got into it, I still think there's a lot more to come from this. I think that one's going to go a little bit more over yeah. the years to come. And I'm yeah. looking forward to trying that but some more. The lacing on the glass and the condition of that beer fills me with confidence that I can leave the other couple of bottles I've got of this. Let's let's move on to the final beer th- this evening, which is, um, this is Christmas in a can, really, for me. <laughs> so this is, this is from Thornbridge. It's from the most recent Thornbridge Beer Club. It's the Pardu Chocolate Orange Imperial Stout, coming in at 8%. I have big expectations for this. I have, I, like you, I have massively high hopes. The can looks lovely. It's typical Formbridge branding, and then they just have a little bit of orange. Yes, and that, and that, and that's all you need. Let's, um, should we give it a go? Oh yeah, I mean, it looks fantastic. Smells fantastic. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. It ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. This lovely. is the fifth incarnation of Pardu. Now they've done. Oh, is it? Which, yeah. So early on, they did when they first released it. They did a. Uh, Straight up version, which was an Imperial Stout, 8%. And then the same release, they did a raspberry and a cherry chocolate version. Then more recently, they've done a creme brulee version. And the most recently version is, is the chocolate orange, which they've done, obviously, to coincide with Christmas. I mean, this is, is lovely. There's an earthy, dry chocolate bitterness initially. So you get the orange and the aroma. And then the orange in the flavour comes from the middle to the back for me. And, you know, it is, you know, fruity, citrus, cocoa, that kind of stuff. Um, only appears to have the one hop in it, the Brambling Cross, which will, which will definitely appeal to a few homebrewers, I imagine, with the Brambling Cross being in there. And the carbonation, the way it looks in the glass is absolutely fantastic. It's Again, quite light in the body, quite light mouthfeel. It's definitely one of those beers you could pass to someone and they're not going to get the beer element of it. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I think the chocolate orange is in there. I think it's leaning more towards the one that I would never have gone for as a child, which was the red chocolate orange, which is the dark chocolate version of it. It's, it's definitely the dark chocolate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's not. This isn't. This isn't Terry's milk chocolate orange. This is Terry's dark chocolate orange. But that works. That works in this beer, and you just get a a, a touch of oiliness as as well mm. from the orange. On, Did on you it, ever, which, You know, if your uh, either your parents were doing the cooking and they would actually use cocoa powder. Did you ever try the cocoa powder? No, so, not not on its own. Because drinking chocolate. Even drinking chocolate powder is a bit more sweet. Cocoa powder is so dry and so bitter. This is what this puts me in mind of. It feels like I've had cocoa powder added to it. I can almost taste that from the jar, the container, the packet. 
there is definitely an element of that dry cocoa in there for me. It's a really, really accomplished beer, that is. Enough from our beers, breweries, highlights of the year. Let's hear from our listeners in terms of what theirs are. Opinions, 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 opinions. First up then, we asked the question, it's that time of year where we're going to be looking back at things that have rocked your beer wells this year. So tell us your beers of the year, brewers of the year and other highlights of the year. So we always do a listener choice award at this time of the year. So first up for the beers of the year, Listener Choice Award, we had 70-plus suggestions for Beer of the Year. So leading in the individual beer nominations from a single brewery were Thornbridge, who had six individual beers nominated in this, Elusive had four, and then Brew York, um, Samaza, Desert, and Siren all had three. In second place was New Barnes Plain Dark Beer. And the winner of this category for this year maybe comes as no surprise from our listeners, is Elusive Brewing Oregon Trail, which was the second year in the row for that beer, mate, has now been our listeners' choice for their beer of the year. That just pretty much says everything, doesn't it? It's only been out for two years. Exactly. I mean, you can't... You, that's 100% record, isn't it? <laughs> right there. Yep. Nowhere to go with that one. No, have, um, just on the other one, have you tried the new Barnes Plain Dark Beer? Is that the bigger version? That's, I think that's the 8%, 8-ish percent stout. Pretty certain I have. And yes. So the word plain is almost doing a disservice to the beer. Because I think what they mean is basically they have added no adjuncts. But as a big dark beer... With nothing else added, it literally ticks every box. Like I said before, you can tell when new barns grew up. Yeah, absolutely. You I, can I definitely that, tell where they grew that up. That sums it up, doesn't it, really, with new barns. I think look out more for what they're going to do next year as well, because they're still a very young brewery. Yes. Um, there's definitely, if, you were, if you were doing about a one to watch, and yes, we know they're there, but there's more to come. Let's see where they go in, yeah. in this next year. Yeah, we've now got Brewery of the Year, which again is is this is our listener choice award on this one. So thirty odd suggestions on on this one this year, which which made it quite difficult to narrow it down to a top two. Joint second place, Thornbridge and St Mars of the Desert. Okay, probably not a shock given their beer nominations earlier in the in the voting. No, first place. A lot of the listeners going with me, mate, on this one. Elusive Brewing. Again, I'm not going to fall off my chair recording yeah. shocked here, am I? I'll be even surprised anymore. <laughs> at, at this point, are we even surprised? Let's go through the beery highlights of the year this year from our listeners. From Swift Run Coach, the wider beer community for embracing my run coaching business and making it viable. Neil Hayden at Neil Hayden 747. The hive mind of beer Twitter ensuring that we had lots of good places to visit during our Leeds and Bristol, Bristol trips. From Hugh at H, H Yardley 33. First beer-based holiday in England, including a Brew York visit. From Andrew 3000 at Andrew Johnson 84. Finding a beer with the same name as my daughter. Good Things Brew Co. Eventide. Nice. 
I that like must that. have been quite a touch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd be quite happy with that, wouldn't quite you? Quite a moment, yeah. From Richard Taylor at Richard Taylor 608, without a doubt, the Boo York tap takeover at the Vic to Paul Red Danson, more successful than I had ever imagined. From Rob Ebsworth at Slippers Robert, Pig's Ear Beer Festival, just because it was probably the last I went to before COVID and the first big one since COVID that I've been back to. From Beyond the Pow at Ian Sutton 12, the return of cask beer to pubs after the six-month break. The absence merely enforced what a fantastic high-quality thing of beauty cask is and how important pubs are in our communities. And then finally from John at Beer in the Suburb, highlight for me was finally meeting mates for pints once socialising was allowed again. So quite a lot of, 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 of differing views there. A lot of those views very personal as, as well to the individuals that made them. And it wasn't hard to come up with the Listener Choice Award on this one this year because other than those that we've read out, there were so many comments that simply said the best thing this year was being able to go out and drink beer in a pub again. And that's that's got to be the thing that is the Listener Choice Award this year. It's being able to drink pints of cask, draft, keg, whatever, in a pub with your mates. Not not surprised. I mean, that was my first beery highlight, and I'm not surprised it's so many pe- other people's. But that was there. We're back out of the house. We're drinking. No, we, we're doing things that we can't do at home. So as good as all of that small pack beer has been, as nice as it is, drinking in the comfort of your own home, watching the t- the entertainment you want to watch, and for those people who have um, extended their homes, built bars, or for Sophie and Josh, live in their sheds, which apparently is a pub, um, and have hand pulled cask available as well. There's still, I, I genuinely think that, for, especially for people in this country, there isn't anything better than being in a pub they love, with people drinking the beers that they want to drink. And you can't, apart from those lucky people, which are so few, you can't replicate the cask beer experience anywhere. You can't, no, no, you can't replicate that at all. The only, as good, the only place you can get that is in a pub. Yeah, as good as a few can conditions have been, as good as bottle conditioning is, cask beer in a pub, or as it was last year, this year for the first few months outside a pub, so hard to beat that. I'm, I'm really not surprised. And what it's probably done is just reinforced for people how important it is, not just in their lives, but for the lives of many. Absolutely. I think that just probably sums up our end of year review as well in in, in terms of, you you know, we give these awards to winners that that, that there's nothing that we actually give people. It's just kudos, I I suppose, in terms of them achieving something. But, you know, overwhelmingly it was that 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 one view this year in terms of what's been your best experience of the year over and over again, people were like, was going back out and it was drinking in pubs and it was drinking with people, drinking cask, drinking draft beer. All of that was a big thing because you've got to remember that for the first four months of this year, we weren't allowed to do any of that. No, no, it wasn't, you know, for a period of time, it was like, when will it happen? There wasn't even a date. So I've got no doubt and no reason to doubt that that would have been the highlight for people. And like I said, it's just reinforced what people love about it. 
been great though, hasn't it, mate? I've I've really loved this look back over the last year. It's you know we get to choose our favourites. Our listeners should get to choose their favourites. They don't always align, but sometimes they do. And and all I'd say is that just just carry on getting involved in this discussion. Use the hashtag opinions. We'll find you and we'll make sure you're included in this. It's been a great year, hasn't it? Yes. Um, it started off dark, miserable, locked away. Then the lights came on. We got out. We got to meet people again. We got to do stuff. And yes, there is the potential for slightly a bleaker outlook from the time this show may, you know, when people listen to it. But there is still light at the end of that tunnel. And for, for a lot of us, that light is hospitality. And that hospitality isn't just about, as a lot of media like to portray, it's just people going out getting pissed. It's meeting friends, drinking good beer, whether that be sometimes you may just be on your own. But it's that chance to go somewhere and be on your own that option to do it this year has taught us a lot. And for me, it's definitely taught the value of that, of the pub and cask beer and all that entails. So yeah, definitely. I've been smiling all the way through during this recording, Steve. And I was definitely smiling as I was re- typing up my show notes. Me, me, me too. It's, I think it's, it's, it's true what you say though. It's that there've been a lot of moments where we've, we've doubted ourselves. We've doubted where we are right now, but, I think the community, the industry has proved time and time again that they're stronger than we ever believe. And long may that continue as as well, because we don't know where we're going right now and hopefully things will get better at, at some point. And that's all we can look forward to, really. And, 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 and I think what we've tried to do, as we always do on our end of year show, is look back at the positives that we've had in the last year. Which is what we've done. We, we can't ignore the negatives which happened, but hopefully we've tried to only reference them rather than champion them. Um, I'd much rather champion the positives. I have enjoyed my 2021 year in beer and I'm almost already... How did that happen? I've almost got to the end of the Pardu 8% chocolate stout. It's really easy to drink though, isn't it? That's, that, it's, it that, it's so light... But it ticks every box. I mean, it says it says on the label, it's a chocolate orange imperial stout, and that's exactly what I get from it. I would say it's a chocolate orange stout rather than a chocolate orange imperial stout. That's okay. So that's the only issue of contention there for you. Yeah, it's a chocolate orange stout which does everything it says it's going to do and delivers it perfectly. And that's that's actually what Thornbridge is so good at doing. Yeah, and I mean, I've only recently come back to the Formage Beer Club and I have to be the last couple of months. I've been pretty impressed yeah. with the output. So, you know, everyone, everyone who's worked hard this year in the industry, everyone who's worked hard, like our good selves, going to the pub, doing all that research, Steve, and I'm going to echo the thanks that Steve did earlier on. Listeners, community, thank you. Thank you for being part of this. Thank you for being our friends. And thank you for being in touch with us during the year. Absolutely. And, and once again, without you folks, we are nothing. You, you, you know, you contribute to this show, you make this show happen. And, and we really do appreciate every single part of that. We are both probably fairly oiled at, at this point. Yes. So we, we should probably rapidly move <laughs> yeah, to a finish. Hurry up. <laughs> Martin, what is coming up 
on the next show. And it actually, when is the next show? Uh, well, the next show's well, we're having a mini break. So we're going to be um, back out in January, but more towards mid-January. Um, but we are going to, again, feel a bit of a look back, but a look back over the listener survey that everyone was very kind enough to contribute to. Got to go through the results, through the comments, our thoughts on the comments, and also talk about maybe a few of the changes we might be introducing or have introduced. Uh, Rich, by the way, we've dropped the news, just in case you hadn't realised. Yeah, I'm hoping he's picked up on that by, by now. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that because I think the last time we did the listener survey, we did do a follow-up show that talked through some of the results and what we're going to do about it. And, and this time we've had a few more things that have fairly constructive that we can use to change the, Definitely. the show. Um, so hopefully those changes um, you'll enjoy as, as they come through in the new year. But yes, I, once again, I've enjoyed this past year. Martin, it's been absolutely fantastic um, continuing this, on this journey with you. It, it's been um, a lot of fun. I, I enjoy every time I send you a message saying I've had an idea and your response to that. That's That's been brilliant. But most of all, thank you to our listeners. Uh, once again, without you folks, we are nothing. Um, we can produce this, but you are what make it unique to a, a podcasting audience so thank you very much uh, we'll look forward to sharing more opinions with you in the new year thank you also so much once again for your continued contributions I, I can't say that enough you really are fantastic and thank you very much for getting involved time after time all that's left to say merry christmas have a very happy new year and cheers cheers it's coming on christmas they're cutting down trees they're putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace oh i wish i had a river i could skate away